independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. America's worst nightmare may come true. Our extremely elderly and not healthy president has COVID. Still alive. Why is that the worst nightmare? Because of who's behind him. What would we do? I mean, honestly. I mean, she'd be the president, but oh, my God. Talk about somebody who's not ready for prime time. Anytime, actually. Prime time. She's not ready to be the opening act. Uh, You know, she's just, she's not ready. And she has shown it over and over. You had to have had a thought, right? Like, hey, this guy may win this thing. He's, he's, he's old. Cognitive decline. She's, she's not ready for it. She's not ready. So he is still alive. Thank the Lord. But if you guys haven't heard, he's tested positive for the vid. Hey, folks, guess you heard this morning I tested positive for COVID. But I've been double vaccinated, double boosted. Symptoms are mild. And uh, and I really appreciate your inquiry and your concerns. But I'm doing well. I'm getting a lot of work done. I'm going to continue to get it done. And, uh, and in the meantime, thanks for your concern. And keep the faith. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, I'm fine, so I don't know. It's going to be okay. I always figured that. Then he turned around and went back to work on his etch sketch <laughs> Oh, you had to think, though, right? Because when Trump got it, I'm telling you guys, he was a lot sicker than than uh, uh, I think he led a lot of people led on to believe. I don't think he was close to death as some people thought, but still, you know, she's out there. She could be the president. She is a heartbeat away. So I'm here to ask you to do what you know how to do. Because when you do what you do, what you know how to do, on all of these issues, the American people win. Nailed it. (laughs) That's not very nice, Chad. I'm just throwing it out there, guys. It's that close. He's going to be fine. He is. I mean, you know, he's quadruple vaxxed. He is shows you, though, one thing, right, for all of this stuff that you try to do to prevent this thing from spreading for all of it. You've got, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you're you're he's got four vaccines Four. everybody around them is tested all the time. When's the last time you tested? Honestly. I can't. It's been, I couldn't even tell you. So those people are tested all the time. Everybody around him is tested. Everybody around those people are tested. Everybody around him wears a mask. Still got it. Still got it. So there's no excuse. No excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. This continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. They're, you're okay. You're not going to, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Yeah, except for the part where he did. Just letting it know. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Uh, inflation, though, still the number one thing that people care about. Period. Case closed. How many people got it wrong? A ton of people got it wrong. And part of that is, I, I think when you live in a world of, so, you know, it was the old saying. Those who can do, those who can't teach. And that's, so much of what reality is 
Go watch Old School. Even if you only watch one part of the movie Old School with Rodney Dangerfield, it's worth a watch, period. But the part where he's in class with his son, and I'll just give you a quick snapshot of the movie that should have won the Academy Award. Oddly enough, it didn't, but whatever. People, Nobody can understand what goes on with the Academy. Rodney Dangerfield goes back to school because he wants to spend more time with his kid. Goes back to college. And he's, like, worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And he's as obnoxious as Rodney is. And it's hilarious. And he takes a business class. And in the business world, what happens? Well, business world is much different than the theoretical world of, of you know, papers and forecasting. It's much, much different. So a lot of people, when I hear the word economist, I hear a person who studies the economy and can usually tell you what went down and probably why, but they can't predict the future. Because if they could, they wouldn't be an economist. They'd be other things. Paul Krugman, who's got a Nobel uh, Prize for economy, uh, guess what happened? He missed we are joined by Nobel Prize winning economist Paul Krugman. He's an opinion columnist for the New York Times on inflation. Paul says he was wrong about the issue. What did you think you got wrong? Well, um, partly it's that there's stuff that nobody saw coming. Nobody saw right. uh, Putin invading Ukraine. Uh, I think nobody really thought about logistics, supply chains, or any of that stuff until suddenly they became a big problem. But part of it is that we did, in fact, end up with what is clearly an overheated economy. Yeah. But you couldn't see that coming? I am not an economist, but you know what I did do? I had a firm for a while. I worked in the industry. When I worked in the industry, you, you learn all this stuff. And then in the book, and I remember, you know, you're, you're studying all these things and stuff. And then my my buddy Stokey, who was kind of like the guy who trained me and stuff, Bobby takes the book and he throws it away. And he said, now here, let me tell you something. That's not real world. Real world is day-to-day. Real world is dealing with clients. Real world is understanding what they're going through. And it's the psychology of it. Not what's on the paper. None of those things. It's the psychology of understanding where things are going. You're trying to forecast something, and a lot of their work is, you know, it, it wasn't hard to see that this thing was going to be a nightmare. Business leaders, the average person was going, man, this feels ugly. This feels like the 70s. You know, I thought it was possible that we'd overheat. I didn't think, given the historical relationship, that it would lead to this much inflation. The big question is not, you know, did we overshoot, did we overheat, but... Um, how bad is that? Is it going to be a really a, a difficult problem getting inflation back down again? And that really comes down to the question of whether high inflation has gotten entrenched in people's expectations. Is it like the the uh, the end of the 1970s when everybody expected 10% inflation as far as the eye could see? Yeah, I don't think we're there yet, but the reality is, is people are feeling it. People are happy that it's 425 a gallon. That is, what, what? That's insane. Oh, this came down 50 cents. No, that's not who we are. Remember, we're a consumer-based society. We don't manufacture stuff. We consume it. We don't do the things that we did way back in the day. We have flipped our society. We've become more computer-based, things of that nature. We're not the manufacturer-based. We consume all of those things. 
I'm always amazed that people miss the mark. It's not a hard thing. And that's because too many times, instead of looking at what's going on and reading the room, which is, you know, people, they're behind a desk. They're looking at historics. They're studying things. But studying things and practice are two separate things. That's why I talked about old school. Because when that guy's in there, Roddy Dangerfield's in that business class, this guy gives everybody the opportunity to build their own little company. And Rodney talks about the reality of it in a hilarious way about, you know, they're like, well, you're going to build transistor radios. He's like, we're not going to do that because the Japanese are going to crush us at that. So they give him something. And he talks about the Teamsters and the docks and who you got to pay off and how you got to do this. And this guy wants that. That's the reality of it. On the chart, you don't see how the single mom's worrying about paying her bills. You don't see about the husband and wife team that have started their small business over the last several years, have fought through COVID, and are still not taking home a paycheck while they're trying to keep their employees paid and now seeing prices ride. That's not on the chart. And we have a series of new numbers coming out, all of which say, hey, that's not happening. This really okay. does not look like the 1970s. Uh, the public uh, does not believe that inflation is going to be a problem that goes on for years and years. So um, it's a peculiar thing. No, and because nobody's lived with it. Remember, the 70s and the 70s into the early 80s, that was a long time, lost decade. But to get to the point where we eliminated for almost 40 years, what happened? We had to go through some hellish pain of interest rates in the teens, even low 20s at times. People aren't used to it, and they don't expect it. They think it'll bounce back. I think it will, too. But to think, man, I missed it. I don't know how. Because you weren't looking up. Read the room. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. What? Okay, good. Biden's still alive. Double-check that. Make sure Kamala is... Uh, not president yet. President Harris. I still think it's going to happen. We just expected it closer to when the election time came. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Went home last night, and I finally got to eat some yummy HelloFresh. It's been a few days. If you guys didn't know, we're staying in a hotel for the last several days because we had a, a microburst came to smashed our neighborhood. And we were out without power for about three and a half days. And in 110 degree heat, I gotta be honest with you, staying in the hotel was the wise choice. Uh, but I, we, I didn't have a chance to do anything with my HelloFresh. I had to bring some of it back here uh, and then took some home last night. And finally, Got to eat it. I walked in the door, and I was so exhausted. It took me like 30 minutes. I made some amazing flautas, and it was incredible. Market selection, taste of summer recipes. In fact, you know what? Let me show you how easy it was. Jack and, and Lily did it, my, my, my stepdaughter and son. They read the directions, did the whole nine yards. It was great. They ate a good portion of my meal. You're going to love this. 55, 55 weekly options. You get it right from your app on your phone phone right so you're da, 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 right there it's incredible arrives right at your door and boom away you go you're gonna get complimentary sides desserts the whole nine yards uh some people around here because i because we didn't have a place to store it so i gave some people around here bills they loved it absolutely loved it you will too it's great and you know the other thing is portioned perfectly so you don't overeat 
which sometimes, let's be real, we can all do that. So get started today and get 16 free meals on me. Go to HelloFresh.com, Benson16. Use code Benson16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes plus three free gifts. It's code Benson16 for 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh.com slash Benson. HelloFresh.com slash Benson16. Chad Benson Show. Welcome to Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad Benson Show. President Biden has had a rough time recently. He couldn't get climate change action. He couldn't get free community college. He couldn't get tax hikes on the rich. But it turns out there's one thing he could get. President Biden has a mild case of COVID. On the bright side, it's the first positive news Biden's gotten in months. (laughs) So I said yesterday... (laughs) said, hey, that's something positive. <laughs> it's not very nice, Chaz. just not very nice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He'll be fine. It's a good thing. I mean, he's he's got access to doctors. That's what I heard. I don't know. I don't know. Last night, uh, the final installment of these editions of the January 6th hearings. Anything bombshell? This was gripping new testimony, never before seen video. The January 6th select committee describing a White House in chaos as the Capitol came under attack. Lawmakers insisting for 187 minutes, former President Donald Trump not only failed to act, but he chose not to. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That was, it's it stained his legacy. There's no doubt about that. I walked in today and uh, one of the big news guys here goes, 50 bucks right now. Uh, that Garland's going to go and they're going to indict Trump. I'm like, no, they're not. Yeah, they are. Totally. No, they're not. Well, why wouldn't they? So you're going to indict Trump on something that you're going to have people go up and speak against Trump. You're going to keep him in the headlines. You're going to make him a martyr. All the while, you're going to, what, energize the base? Even some people who can't stand him and think, well, this is kind of ridiculous at this point. Then, then on top of that, you're going to watch the House probably flip, the Senate flip. He probably escapes, comes out on the other side, and all you did was empower him. So you kept him in the news, you helped him raise money, you empower him, you turn him into a martyr and a victim, which is what he enjoys being as the underdog. Or you just at this point in time pick the sacrificial lamb, Mark Meadows, that you're going to go after and do whatever it is you need to do. You're not going to do this. It's just not going to happen. In a nation that's already, you know, angry at the edges. Stop it. There was nothing. Like, if you watched that last night, and we watched a bit of it here. Uh, uh, I was driving home for some of it, so I, I didn't watch it. But we, we, I looked at it, and I said, eh, you know, if you believe that he did something wrong, you're looking for affirmation. If you believe it did nothing right, and you're watching it, you're just trying to prove your point about stuff. You wanted affirmation, not information. 
And any of the things that you hear that might be new, you either thought, I always thought that, or they're taken out of context. But does anybody sit down at the first one of these in this Kabuki theater and say, I have no opinion about any of this. My mind is open. I'm going to take it all in and then make a decision. No, no, nobody did that. So away we go. By the way, Trump's in town here today. It's kind of an interesting thing. So Donald Trump is here today, and so is Mike Pence. Obviously, I don't think they're on each other's Christmas lists, gifts uh, list. Uh, so Trump has backed Carrie Lake, who is a uh, used to be a former newscaster. And if you've not seen, she's all over yesterday, all over uh, things like uh, MSNBC and stuff. As far as you know, they're they're coming hard for. Her. And, and, you know, and she's standing up, but she wants to relitigate the 2020 election. But the funny thing is, on her Facebook page, the day he was inaugurated, Trump, hashtag not my president, hashtag, you know, you know, go after him. This is how we protest. It's hilarious. And Pence is taking the other side for a very conservative lady. It's going to be wild, man. Wild. The primaries are, at least. Mike Lyons joins the program straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Turn over some land to the Russians. Do you envision that ever happening? Every Ukrainian will disagree with this proposal. You know, I give a very simple example. Imagine there is a thief or a criminal who goes into your house, starts destroying it, killing your relatives, terrorizes your family, you live in constant state of fear, and then someone comes up with a proposal and says, oh, just give this man a living room and move to a bedroom. You have lots of space. Just live with the thief peacefully in your house. You understand that that is not a way out, out because the criminal will continue terrorizing you, will continue killing your family. So uh, we believe that we should never agree to that. There may be other ways out, but certainly not this one. That right there is the First Lady of Ukraine, uh, Mrs. Zelensky there, uh, came to America. Talk about what's going on uh, to also be another voice to try to keep this thing on the front pages or at least in the first few pages of everybody's mind when it comes to news. Joining us now is our is our expert when it comes to all things, when it comes to war, uh, military stuff. Mike Lyons, retired uh, major in the Army. And Mike, I tell you what, uh, yesterday I listened to somebody say, you know, their big fear is that this is getting pushed back and, and the West is getting bored with this, uh, I, I feel like it, I said that was going to be my big fear in this, that he's going to outlast everybody, Mike, and everybody's going to be on to something else. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, truth to that. I think I think, Chad, you've got uh, the Europeans now starting to get weak in the knees. They're projecting uh, Christmas and December and the, the holidays and the fact that they might not have any heat uh, there in, in Western Europe. And I think they're really concerned 
about that. I, you know, Germany started talking a great game, but, um, you know, what was the, the issue right now in Europe is that all these separate countries like France and Germany and once, you know, hegemonic powers, once the, you know, the world's great powers or so, they, they no longer really have a foreign policy anymore towards this because they can't separate it. They can't bifurcate. It's really all of Europe or nothing. So it's got to be Europe's foreign policy. And because of that, um, the, the, you know, countries act in their own best interest. And the Germans made a bad deal under Angela Merkel and Trump called them out on it by, you know, basically outsourcing their energy to Russia. And again, they talked tough a few months ago, but now they're looking at everything and saying, you know what, uh, it's going to get cold this winter if we don't have that Russian gas and, and oil. And so I think they're starting to get weak. And I, and I believe that you're going to see this trickle down effect right now. They're, the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, Russia has already started putting things in it. If, if the West starts buying again from Russia, here we go. We're funding that war machine that's taking place in Ukraine. And that's the scary thing because, you know, they're, they're playing, they're using what they have. I mean, let, look, uh, Russia is using what they have, and that weapon is, in many ways, the energy besides the actual weapons uh, and military might itself. And mm -hmm. they, they, they pulled it back a little bit, and then they, and it's the stop start. They're teasing them, and mm -hmm. they're politicians. Everybody, you got to do what's in the best interest of your country and country people. Because, unfortunately, mm -hmm. we're short-sighted in a lot of things, and that's not just Europe, that's the world. Uh, do you think they're going to hold out, uh, or is this thing really going to start to come to a head come September when it gets a little bit cooler, and mm -hmm. October when the rains start to set in and the cool weather is here? Well, all it'll mean is that Russia will be able to sustain the amount of military attacks on Ukraine. So it, it doesn't necessarily... Uh, impact anything else but that, which is why the race is on right now for Ukraine to get some of that Western aid and get it to the front. We saw you know, every time we turn around, we're seeing a trickle of more HEMARS, more of the high uh, mobility artillery that's supposed to get to the front. It's supposed to be making a difference. I, I you know, We're going to need hundreds of those weapon systems there. And right now we're in the tens still. So I, 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 that's not, again, that's not changing in, in 60 days. So it's really, you know, I saw, I saw a good article that really talked about all the for all the weapon systems that are being deployed uh, in in theater right now or in this regional conflict. Really, Russia is betting on the, the the classic ancient weapon of time and making sure that if they could just outlast their enemy here, it won't won't matter. They they still can out pound away Ukraine on on the, on the Donbass in that region there, uh, virtually safe in their own homeland uh, themselves. And uh, if they if they kind of stick it out, they feel that uh, they're, they're going to put more pressure on it. We saw we saw an agreement to let grain now flow into the Black Sea and then you know to get uh, released from ports there. I think that's important. I can't get over the Turks and the fact that they're such playmakers here and, and and they're really dictating a lot of things. The fact that we had a NATO leader meet with Vladimir Putin the other day is just mind boggling to me. Uh, you know, if this was, again, World War three or World War two, whatever, it'd be, it'd be equivalent of meeting with our arch enemy. So but, but Turkey remains a power broker here and the United States still fundamentally on the sidelines. Uh, talking to uh, Mike Lyons, uh, who's our military analyst, has been been on this since day one, and we can't let it go. It is the, realistically, it's the most important story in the world because of the potential of what could come from this. Uh, Mike, you talked about that. Turkey's playing this game. It's one thing. Look, if they want to meet with somebody from NATO and they're going to lay down some conditions or else kind of things, that's one thing. 
Erdogan plays this game and, you know, wasn't going to let Finland and Sweden in, and then all of a sudden did, but then he's going to go and meet with, you know, with play footsie with his buddy, uh, the Pooter, who then goes on to Iran. That's just mm. the weirdest thing. And what is NATO even thinking at this point? Like, why, why are they here again? Right. And and here's the Turks who have purchased uh, Russian weapon systems in the past, air defense platforms, those SA 400s. It is without any recourse, without any real accountability. And and again, we had Donald Trump tried to fix this. He, he just he's the wrong messenger, wrong wrong kind of person. Didn't bring a lot of diplomacy. But but from a real politique, from a from the realistic situation, calls out the Germans on their energy, calls out the Turks on what they were doing here. Tries to get these NATO countries to spend two uh, percent of their GDP. They've talked a big game about it. Um, the only ones that want to do that are the ones. The only countries are the ones that are close to Russia. Of course they do because. Because they want to be all in like but you know we talked about estonia and the baltics and those regions there guarantee finland and guarantee sweden will be all in on that as well it's those you know those european old line countries that um it's it's almost like europe's going to die here if it doesn't kind of get with the program and and germany has got to be more focused on the survival of europe um that potentially you know russia could you know over the next let's say 10 or 15 years could swallow them up just based on energy based on their incapable uh incapableness of, of not being able to generate enough energy to 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 take care of their own people and being reliant on a dictator and somebody that could you know take over them anytime they want okay so what do we have to do what's the things that could shift this battle and keep them at bay uh, time-wise. I mean, I read yesterday a couple articles that were really close to giving them planes and expediting the training for this. I mean, what is the one or two things that we can realistically get in their hands that they can use, right? That's you know, Like you'd say, the point and shoot. It's one thing to hand them some. If they have no idea what to do with it, it's, it's useless. Well, I, a couple of things. First of all, I think we have to be careful now of we're starting to get into our supplies of our capability of waging war. And while we're not weak on the, the the manpower side let's say um we're going to have to mobilize our industrial base to get this to get things going to to rejuvenate supplies and and to make sure that 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 uh, we have capabilities to do things that we want to do ourselves i think that's that's number one the administration actually just denied um ukraine long range drones so those are those ones that can go further stay on station 12 to 15 hours that have tremendous capability they they're not sending them over there there's concern right now of accountability of weapon systems that we've sent over there and the billions of dollars and where it's going to you're starting to see trickles within the media about how corrupt ukraine is and then how this you know whole, whole thing started from that way before so there's a lot of people kind of threading the needle as to that. But for what we can do, frankly, the, the lesson here is a wake-up call for us about our own energy, about our own self-sufficiency. We've got our own problems here with inflation. We've got our own problems here um, with our southern border. I, I, you know, the wake-up call for us is that is to harden ourselves and make sure that uh, we can be, you know, sustainable. Because again, o over time, Russia, with the support of the Chinese and the Indians and the other 3.5 billion people, and, and uh, the Brazilians, these other groups that are all aligned, the Iranians, they get the nuclear weapon here now. What's going to happen? What's Israel going to do? You know, there's still a formidable foe on the other side that um, that at the end of the day, America's got to take care of its, itself. It's got to take care of number one. And, and I just again, I, this administration doesn't seem interested. They're more interested in restoring the liberal war order. That is gone. That is gone. Everybody wants to go back to February 23rd, 2022. Gone. Goodbye. Good luck. It's not the case. The world is different right now. And we need to wake up to it. And it's, it likely is going to take a new administration and not this one. 
Talking to my clients, military analysts, who's uh, just, he, you got it going on. You understand stuff. You talked about Iran. I, I think we need to talk more about it. They're close to enriching. What do they say? They got about 60, 60% as far as enrichment, and the breakout could come mm-hmm. at any time, but they're not sure if they're going to build a bomb. They're building a bomb. I mean, regardless sure. of what paper was signed, you know, several years ago through Obama, they're, they were always right. going to build. Even Chuck Schumer said, this is the worst deal ever. We just told yeah. them, hey, build a bomb, but do it on your time frame. Yeah, all Obama did was kick the can down the road. He wants to take credit for you know that deal and blame the Trump administration for undoing it. And I get it. I get Obama's uh, of the generation of my generation that recognizes Iran likely the greatest foreign policy in the second half of the 20th century uh, with Vietnam, with Cuba, likely. But but Iran, number one, because of the failure of 1979, the failure for us to watch how that situation went by, the, the, th- the overthrow of the Shah of Iran, the implementation of that government there. We, we've been paying the price ever since. For the last 40 years, we've been paying the price for our failure to predict what was going on in, in Iran. Um, but when they're they're going to have it, the question is, how do they deliver it, right? You can have a nuke. The question is how you deliver the nuke. And, um, you know, Israelis are not going to put up with it and they're not going to ask permission. They're not going to, you know, ask Mother Mayor. They're not going to go to the United Nations. They're not going to show photographs to anybody. They're just going to do it. What they did in 81 in Osirik to the Iranians, to the, I'm sorry, to the Iraqis, uh, what they've done to the Syrians. And if you get capability of creating nuclear uh, weapons around Israel, you're going down. And um, I'm sure they're planning for the same thing as well. Uh, they look at it as ex- an existential threat. And I think that, uh, you know, they're not going to put up with it. What would a nuclear Iran look like through the Middle East? I, and I think everybody needs to understand, just not hearing from me, somebody who understands the unsettled. Because we have to start making choices at that point, man. Do we just start arming all these people so that everybody's terrified right. of each other so they won't doing something? Right. Because right. Th- and people don't realize the disdain that Israel has for them. But Iran and Saudi Arabia hate each other. Right. So they've recognized that in Russia has reinforced that if you have a nuclear weapon, you're safe. You can do really whatever, anything you want. This is why the North Koreans will never give up their nuclear weapons. Now, they really only can threaten the theater. They can threaten South Korea and they can threaten uh, maybe Japan, maybe some areas. Again, they still have delivery problems. Intercontinental ballistic missiles need satellites and need a bunch of other different types of equipment that the North Koreans really don't have the capability. But they have, if they had to, they could put it in a Toyota pickup truck and push it across the border and and explode and and, and have a, a really bad day for, for Seoul, South Korea there. But what it would mean in the Middle East is an arms race. Um, the Saudis wouldn't put up with it. They're not going to have the Iranians not having it. And the Saudis can write the check to do anything they want to do, right? Look what they're doing to golf right now, right? To take, take that, what they're doing at golf and magnify it by 10 for their own uh, security, they would get a nuclear weapon. You would see uh, other countries there potentially have it. We know Pakistan has tactical nukes. Uh, we know India has nukes. The, it would be an arms race of tremendous proportions, of which then who knows if mutual assured destruction, who knows if that deterrence would 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 factor anymore because you you already see Russia saying, well, I think we could win a nuclear war. I think I think we have a shot at it if you know if we wanted to give it a give it a try. So uh, it, it would it would change the complexity. The, the, in the old school was. The, the amount of nuclear countries having nuclear capability was going to be small. Keep it small. U.S. was going to lead that force. But the genie's out of the bottle, and it's going to get more out of the bottle if um, if the Iranians get uh, a nuclear weapon. My clients love having you on, my man. Appreciate you making time for us today, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. And you know, it's funny to talk about Saudi Arabia. We're going to talk about the golf tour here because it's getting weirder and uglier. And the PGA doesn't like people in their house. And here's a perfect example of how, hey, I don't like you in my house. I don't like you coming around here. I don't like your business opening up next door to mine. Well, then, I better go get uh, the government involved. Yeah, we'll talk about that. 323-538-2423. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Go there, get a free bag of Rough Greens. Man seeing Doodle last night. Let's tell my wife, he won't leave me alone. He's running around in circles like he's a puppy. He's bouncing around. I don't know what he's doing. It was crazy fun to watch. And I love the fact that he is older and happier than he's ever been. All because the supplement I give him from Rough Greens, right? Vitasmart, just, just amazing, just sprinkling on top of his food, and away it goes. That's all I did. Nothing different. Didn't change his food, didn't do anything. Just sprinkled this. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. They love the taste, but the win is how they feel. Started my puppies on it, and Doodle, well, he's living proof, literally living proof that it works. Get your Rough Greens for free. It's a bag for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. Ruffgreens.com slash chat roughgreens.com slash chat go there now get a bag for free roughgreens.com slash chat chad benson show i used to be free i am not a terrorist i am not antifa i I'm not a sex slave that wears masks. <gasps> Don't be a cutie pie. Probably sit around and cook some soups and eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. You're ruining my life, bud! You You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Here we go. Expectations are high for Nope. Writer-director Jordan Peele's latest opening Friday. Pundits are forecasting a 45 to $55 million debut for the sci-fi slash horror flick. They know where we are. That's less than the $71 million bow of 2019's Us, but more than Peele's Oscar-winning Get Out in 2017. Both of those films ultimately earned around $175 million domestically. Based on reviews so far, look for Nope to likely open at the high end of forecasts. Yeah. Uh, we are probably going to go see it. Uh, take the kids to see it this weekend. It looks like something they really, they're like, oh, wow, it's going to be good big weekend plan to fun. I'm going to watch a little golf, too, because uh, I like myself some golf. And we're just talking about golf with uh, my clients, a military guy, I mean, talking about Saudi Arabia. If they needed to get a nuclear bomb, they got the check to do it. And they're doing the same thing to golf. So apparently the PGA Tour, who have lobbyists, spent hundred ninety grand. Trying to uh, basically talk to, you know, their lawyers, talking to people inside of Congress and whatnot. Hey, uh, this other tour is going to be playing here. We don't think they should be playing here because they're Saudi Arabia and they're evil and bad. Uh, And yeah, yeah, maybe true. But they're offering a ton of money. And uh, it's a tour that's, you know, they're sanctioning and running. It's not like they, you know, they're going around, you know doing horrible things on the golf tour. Well, there's, you know, but still, somebody's in your house. Totally understandable, right? They're selling widgets next to your widget store. And you were the only widget store in town. And uh, the money's huge. You know, yesterday, the, the Ryder Cup captain, the guy that was heading up the team in, in, in Europe, he, uh, he left. 
he left and joined Live Golf, and everybody's upset with him. Well, he had money problems. He, he his the guy he entrusted his money to got into a Ponzi scheme. He lost all of his money. Uh, they're like, well, he could have made four million being the Ryder Cup captain. They offered him forty million euros up front. Forty million. That's life changing, especially if you had all of your money essentially stolen from you. Yeah, that is life changing. And I, I hear Charles Barkley's going to join too. I don't think he's going to play. He's going to be a commentator. They're coming hard, and sometimes the money's big. And there's a chance that Charles won't be doing basketball, especially if the money's that big. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. So, uh, Biden, still alive. He's got the vid, you know, got that the other day. At least something's going positive for him. Do you guys remember uh, South Park? I feel like me, I grew up with South Park, kind of. And uh, when uh, Cartman got... uh, HIV. <laughs> he just kept saying, but Stan, are you HIV positive? <laughs> like, Biden got the vid. He's going to be fine, right? He's got 7,000 shots in him. Uh, you know, he survived, you know, he survived scurvy and uh, he survived, uh, you know, the dark times, famine, the flood, the big giant thing with Noah. Did a, he's going to be fine, right? We pray because the behind him, you know, is, uh, well, could be President Harris. So I'm here to ask you to do what you know how to do. Because when you do what you do, what you know how to do on all of these issues, the American people win. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but uh, he announced it yesterday that he's got the vid. Hey folks, guess you heard. This morning I tested positive for COVID, but I've been double vaccinated, double boosted. Symptoms are mild, and uh, and I really appreciate your inquiry and your concerns. But I'm doing well. I'm getting a lot of work done. I'm going to continue to get it done. And uh, and in the meantime, thanks for your concern and keep the faith. It's going to be okay. Keep the faith. Everybody, keep the faith. <laughs> what? What do you mean, keep the faith? Well, it's better than what he did earlier, right? Because remember the day before he had cancer. <laughs> Which is, you know what's sad is the White House is at the point now where it's like, no, we don't really need to put out a statement. Everybody knows he's insane. (laughs) Everybody knows he's maybe in the parts of early onset dementia or or Alzheimer's. And so saying stuff that's wacky is, is, they expect that, right? And that, that's crazy. Like, nobody really ran out. No, 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 no. What he meant to say, uh, like some fact checkers did, but the reality is nobody from the White House was scrambling around. And he might have had cancer when he was younger, right? They got, they got skin cancer and stuff like that. And But, the you know, they get some, you know, cut off. and ooh. But as far as that, the whole thought process 
uh, is he doesn't, when he misspeaks, he doesn't need anybody anymore to come out and say anything because he knows the entire, everybody knows the entire American, you know, public says, nah, I don't really care. Because I, I know I, I don't believe anything he says. And that's scary. Like that's 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 where we are now. That's where we are. That they're not running out to go, oh did you guys hear? Now on the other side of stuff, he is still the president and he's in charge of our border. If you guys know where our border is, we've got a border with Canada. So there's that. That's our top hat. But we also have a border to the south, and that's with Mexico. And that border is more like a turnstile. So if you walk through a turnstile, you're not going back the other way, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But luckily, Kamala Harris, who, of course, is, we have to do what we do, and we have to do that thing every day. You guys remember her? She's fantastic. She's been great on the border. Uh, but the president, who's had the worst ever border policy, has Mayorkas who is also doing a bang-up job, listen. Speaking of the border, is the border safe? Now I was watching a news channel, and they were talking about an invasion was happening, and I got a little concerned. Um, the, border, the border is secure. The border, um, we are working to make the border more secure. That has been a historic challenge. So the border is secure. Did you guys know that? Did you guys know it is secure? It's secure. Safe and secure. Secure, 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 secure. Uh, I have said to a number of legislators who expressed to me that um, we need to address the challenge at the border before um, they pass legislation, and I take issue with the math of holding the solution hostage until the problem is resolved. Uh, 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 okay. Wait, what? He's struggling here. Can you guys hear? He doesn't know what to say. He's trying to walk himself into something, and the more he talks about it, and I keep going back to, he's saying what so many pe people like, let's figure out what to, what to do with all the people here, and then we'll fix the border. No, that's not the way. You fix the border. If you have a leak in your boat, you don't try to bail out water well, and do nothing about the leak. Because then it's just repetitive, and then you're tired, and then it just doesn't work. It doesn't. Again, my orcas, continue. Um, uh, there is work to be done. Um, when you safe and secure are two different words. Thank you. There are smugglers that operate uh, on the Mexican side of the border, um, and placing one's life in their hands is not safe. I have no idea what you're talking about here. What I do know is uh, you've, you've identified two separate words. Safe and secure are two different words. Thank you. He's good at that. So safe and secure. So the border is secure, but not really, but it's not safe is kind of what I'm getting here. It's a mess. It is. It is a mess. 
Even now, the rumblings are getting louder from Democratic Congress people in the middle of the country, in parts where immigration isn't their biggest concern. It's not on their border. They don't have an influx of people that are streaming across the board. They're starting to feel it. Plus, the other thing is, you know, in an election season, you look and go, what matters here, right? On the big board of things that matter to people. That economy thing seems to be a frustrating. They seem to be really upset. The people seem to be upset about that one. I can't put my finger on that one. That one's uh, an inflation. That seems to be something there. Let's see here. Where's climate change? We're really into that. Okay. It's, it's not on here. Where is it? Oh, we got to turn the page over? Oh, the number must be so, 1%. It's like a 35 40% over there for that the whole economy thing. Uh, and then inflation things like 25%. Wow, there's a border thing. People are upset. Well, we should probably be concerned about the border. Yeah, you should be. But you can do nothing about it. It is not secure, and it is not safe. And yes, people on the other side are getting taken advantage of it. We know that. We understand that. But what are you doing? Your job, right? If you have a job, and your job is, I don't know, to protect the border, to be part of our you know, immigration department where you are part of the Homeland Security team making sure that our borders are safe and secure. They're not going to be impenetrable. That's just never going to happen. But to at least have some laws, enforce some of those laws, you know, those kind of things, and you're like, well, it's secure, but then they're like, well, we're having more people come over here than ever before, and every month seems to be a new record, even in the 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 uh, the absolute face of insane heat. This time of year, normally this is the way it works, from about September through March, April, into early May, you get a rush of people that come here, growing seasons, things of that nature. June... You know, late May through until about August, you you see a dip in illegal immigration, and then it starts to pick up again. We haven't seen that. It's just a, just a, just straight through. People are risking their lives, and, and it is truly a life risking proposition to want to show you the want to be in this country. They are risking their lives on a trek from wherever they're coming from through Mexico, entrusting themselves to cartels who are impregnating, raping, stealing their money, taking their kids and selling them off into, 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 into sex trafficking, to get to a place where when they're going to cross the border in certain parts, they are facing ungodly heat. We close hiking trails this time of year in a lot of places because every year there's an idiot that walks up to this mountain and go, oh, I didn't think it was that far, and they didn't take any water with them. Today's going to be 115. 115. So, but you're not securing anything. And in many cases, because of what you're doing, you're putting other people's lives at, at risk because you are essentially saying, just get here and you'll be fine. And they're, they're taking that track because they feel we've got nothing to lose because they're not going to turn us away. He's as bad as Biden. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us. Love hearing from you. My Pillow makes great products. The incredible, amazing Percow bed sheet. Right now, 40 bucks. What is it normally? Ha ha. 
90. Boom, save big. Queen size, regular price, $89.98. Now yours, $39.98 for the Percal bedsheets. Right, it's the sale of the year. Breathable, cool, crisp, amazing. 250 thread count. Queen, king, available in tons of colors and styles. And you get a six-day money-back guarantee. One-year limited warranty. Tons of deals across everything. Somebody asked me yesterday about the my slippers. Right, somebody who, by the way, is a knows Mike Lindell's. You know, is a super raging liberal. And they said, Chad, you have those my slippers. Do they really work? I said, those are the best slippers you're ever going to own. And I said, you can wear them as shoes. And it says it's got four different levels. You know, you've got the My Fill, you've got the Memory Foam, you've got this amazing sole. And then on top of that, you've got this gel they make out of soybeans. It's incredible. I said, and, and somebody else goes, yeah, check, get me a pair. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah, because they are. The stuff is incredible, right? Now's your chance to take advantage of all these dip discounts and for thirty nine ninety eight. The Percal bed sheets. Go to mypillow.com slash Benson, mypillow.com slash Benson, or call 800-983-4975, 800-983-4975 to get these deep discounts and many others. Mypillow.com slash Benson, Chad Benson Show. Serving up talk radio, medium rare, and dripping with irony. It's Chad Benson. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Yeah, what does that mean? I mean something, right? Like it's trending on the old internet. What's trending? I'll tell you what's trending. You better deal with it, baby. Did you guys like that? COVID, obviously, and Biden. Number one thing trending over the last 24 hours. January 6th hearing. Trending. Uh, Shanka Dukuru, or Dukure. If I said that wrong, I apologize. She uh, is the blues singer in the new Elvis biopic fantasy Baz Luhrmann thing. Uh, she was recording her first album, and they found her dead. She was only 44 years old. Polio's trending. It's about time. Uh, the first case of polio since 2013 has been detected in the state of New York. Everybody should double, triple mask and go indoors. Oh, I don't think they said that. I don't think so. Josh Hawley is trending because in the video, he apparently was uh, cheering in January 6th. All the craziness. Then he fled. Fled! Fled. Kyler Murray, football player. Mighty Mouse. Uh... Here, the Arizona Cardinals got a, a fat contract yesterday. Uh, indeed, five-year contract ascension. I think it's worth 220 160 of it's guaranteed. So he signed baseball. So remember, when he came out of uh, college, he was a first-round pick by the A's, and he signed a contract for 2 or $3 million uh, to play for the Oakland Athletics. We were talking about this yesterday. He... Uh, Decided he wanted to play football, and because they were allowing him, and 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 to do that at the same time, play for Oklahoma and be in the A's like camps and stuff, and then he won the the Heisman, and then from there he became the first pick in the NFL draft. So he decided I'm going to turn the money and go and play football only. The A's payroll is 44 million dollars. His average annual salary. It's 46 million. So he made a decision, and it seems to be a wise one. Head over to Twitter. Uh, lots of stuff. More Dave Chappelle stuff last night. 
because of that insanity. January 6th, if you guys remember the Dave Chappelle stuff, it, hours before a show that he was supposed to do in Minneapolis or just outside Minneapolis, they sh- they told the theater, said, we're not going to allow you to come here because you're meanie. And he had to go somewhere else, and there were protests out there, and you're just like, whatever. My God, you just, you know, you people have lost your mind. Lost your mind! Lots of January 6th stuff as well. Tons of of it. Uh, and some guy, so apparently, there's a guy that looks like Clark Kent that people spotted in the hearings last night. And I will say, he looks a bit like Clark Kent. Like, if Clark Kent was a model, like a model for, like, you know, Banana Republic or, I don't know, American Outfitters. I don't even know who makes clothes anymore. Eh, it looks a little bit like him. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie. He's going to become a sex symbol. Ooh. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. You can tweet at said program. Uh, coming up, a little bit, the Spice Man's going to join us. Sean Spicy Spicerson. Sean Spicer is going to join us. We're going to talk about his new podcast coming out, some of the stuff that's going on in his world. We're going to talk about just, you know, politics, life, what it was like. Spicy's been always been nice uh, to come on the show. And uh, so uh, let's let's get his pick his brain. We'll ask him, hey, is Trump going to be on the show? We're also going to ask him, do you think he's going to run again? EdenPureDeals.com, uh, amazing, incredible deals there with the Eden Pure Oxyleaf 2 Thunderstorm. Now, let me tell you something. The best air purifier around. you know how I know? We went home yesterday. We weren't home for three and a half days. We had zero power in the house. All the food is gross. Everything, you know, all the stuff. Uh, it was because of our massive, you know, we had a huge storm uh, and a micro blast burst that hit us. Our house smelled fine. Now, the refrigerators smelled. You would never know. Other people coming back to their homes are like, this place stinks. I'm all get eaten pure. The best air purifiers we only have three they're little small ones out of the way plug them into the wall you never hear them but the difference they make and the difference is incredible and you will smell that difference oh yes you will right now save two hundred dollars by going to edenpuredeals.com use code chad3 they're going to give you free shipping as well the best air purifiers around and the fact that our house is still smelling delicious is testament to that edenpuredeals.com use code chad3 edenpuredeals.com Code Chad3. Sean Spicer, Straight Ed, Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Time to have a little fun. Sit down, talk a little politics. Uh, do it with the former White House press secretary, Sean Spicer. Dancing with the stars, Newsmax. Got himself a podcast now. Sean, how goes it? It goes well, Chad. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's fun. And as you said, I'm I just getting ready to drop this first episode of my podcast, Beyond the Briefing. So if people want to subscribe to it, they can. And um, have some fun conversations like uh that's that's the fun part of life so it's called beyond the briefing it's going to be uh twice a week you have mondays and thursdays give everybody a little snapshot of what you're doing because uh you're going to talk you said it's going to be fun because i think a lot of people it's just hard <laughs> politics no it's going to be life 
Yeah, so I, I think the idea is on Mondays we kind of just give a preview of the week, politically speaking. Here are the big issues that are moving, which is why I think you might, you know, why I think the story matters. And I think sometimes the context uh, the news media overlooks, like doesn't give proper context to stories or gives the wrong context to stories. And then on Thursdays, we sit down with someone and we go beyond the briefing. We talk to them about who they are as a person, why they became who they became, maybe how they found success. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I always find when you have these conversations with people, um, at least I do on my Newsmax show, it's, it's five minutes or six minutes. It's about you know inflation or taxes or China or something. And then I'll, I'll, but I'll be doing some research on the guests. I'll be like, wow, it's amazing to realize that they grew up like this, or, you know, they were first elected to the student council when they were three, and now they're this big United States senator, or whatever it is. Um, and, and so I find getting to know who that person is and why they became successful or how they, you know, a little bit beyond what you think you know about them. And so um, that's kind of the point of, of the Thursday episode is to go beyond the briefing and, and go beyond what you might know about somebody and really get to know who they are, what makes them tick. Which I think is, I don't think we do enough of that, man. I mean, I look at politics, Sean, and I, I think to myself, you know, we're all human beings. We, set, we believe in 70% of the same stuff that everybody else does, right? You know, right or left. And, but yet we focus on the stuff that, that separates us. And the reality is I, I I've said this, I traveled for years. I lived in Europe for 10 years. When I saw somebody over there and they had a New York Yankees hat on or a Dodger hat on, it's like even though they were American, we we had a connection. We may have been from different political spheres, whatever. We had a connection, and that made things so much more interesting where you can sit there and talk with somebody that had nothing to do with now the full divide that we have. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting you say that. My wife was talking to me about a dinner she went to the other night, and she said it started off as like four folks from work going off, and then each one of them, somebody stopped by. and they, But as each person stopped by the table, um, they were like, oh, my gosh, you know who you know that I know, and I didn't realize that you used to do this. And she said by the end of the night, we had realized that, that you know, it was like 15 people had joined this thing. Um, this, they were just sitting around having a couple drinks. But it was to what you were getting at, this idea that, that – they were all connected in ways that they hadn't realized and they had just a great time kind of all making those connections and talking about everything that they enjoy about life as opposed to what divides us. Um, and, and again, I, so I, I always find it fascinating. I'll, I'll give you an example. This is silly, but I interviewed um, the president of Guatemala the other day on my show. And, uh, and so obviously the big issue was going to be immigration and, you know, whether or not he was going to meet with Kamala Harris, et cetera, et cetera. But in researching the guy, his bio was so fascinating. And I was like, I only had seven minutes with the guy and obviously had to focus on, on immigration and national security, drugs, all that kind of stuff. Cause that's, that's what you do on a news show. But in reading his bio, it was like he had run for president four times. And on the fourth time, he literally created his own political party. And I was like, I would love to find out, like, how do you just keep going? How do you go? You know what? I'll do it again. But this time, I bet you the secret is to create your own party. But those are those kind of conversations that you want to have with somebody um, that sometimes you just you 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 haven't you know you, you either can't because of the circumstances. And so that's kind of why I was like, you know what? I want to start doing this. Talking to Sean Spicer, Beyond the Briefing is the name of his new podcast, uh, Monday through Thursdays, obviously, Newsmack and uh, former White House press secretary. You watch, uh, let's, let's take a quick snapshot of today. You see uh, KGP, uh, Green Jean, you know, Pierre up there doing her thing. Do you feel for her? Do you sit there and you kind of feel for, understand that you like, even if they're Democrats, or whatever, that, that kind of we all go through the same thing. People are going to criticize you. You got to go out and, in many cases, try to make, you know, something out of nothing. 
It's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I don't because I don't. I don't feel like like she, it's not like she has a tough job. She flips through a book. She reads, you know, page X, uh, whatever her hand, and no one pushes back. So it's not. I'd feel bad if she was like getting a ton of pushback, and it was like, wow, she goes up there, she's trying, she's having to make, you know, lemonade out of le- you know lemons out of lemon, whatever. But she doesn't. There's nothing challenging. No one's pushing back on her. So I don't know what I'd feel bad about. Well, you know, the ice queen, uh, Saki, uh, you at least had Ducey push back on her. And other people did, too, because I think people thought her attitude was a bit abrasive. But I, I didn't think she was. I thought she did her job. You know, you know, it, it, I looked at you and I thought to myself, man, that guy's got to go out and do a lot of stuff. Because, you know, with Trump, as you know, you could be saying something. And two minutes later, he's tweeting something totally opposite. And people are asking questions. And you you were like in a position where it's it's I always say with Trump, there's a there's a sell by date. You know, there's like, all right, I've reached this point. It's time for me to go. Well, I you know, I I enjoyed the opportunity to do it. Um, but you're right. I mean, there's a certain point where I was just like, this is not going to get better. Um, so, but it's, it's, it's also, I think if you look and, and this isn't like, you know, com- trying to make a huge comparison, but I, I think anybody with eyes and ears who looks at a briefing that I held versus one that Jen held or definitely Corinne Jean-Pierre and you realize there was definitely a more, um, hostile press corps that made it much more personal and, um, and vitriol. Like it, it there was, th- this was personal for them. And that's, that's the thing. Talking to uh, Sean Spicer, uh, Beyond the Briefings, name of his new podcast, twice weekly, Mondays and Thursdays, going to debut soon. Great that we're all podcasts are available. You're going to talk politics. Politics today, modern politics is is crazy, but it's always been crazy. We have to remind everybody, whenever we've never been this divided. We went to war, so let's not forget, we've, we, we, we had a vice president and, and, and another person who could have been president actually have a duel at one time that cost the life of another one. So we have been in positions that are angry. We just have access to social media now. But you look at this, and let's just fast forward here. You're the Democrats. How you spin all this insanity right now? Like, you know, it's it seems to be, if it well, feels good, it, it should be good. And the midterms isn't going to be all about abortions or climate change. Well, that's right. I mean, I think what you do is just try to distract. And that's what they did. I mean, yesterday... They, they took Air Force One and then a 25-minute motorcade to go talk about climate change. Um, and so the part of this is just to distract um, and, and make people not focus on things like inflation and the economy. Um, so you do everything you can or the southern border or whatever, but they're doing everything they can to just literally distract people. January 6th. Uh, it, it's it's kabuki theater. I think a lot of people realize that everything that happens, and I don't care what if if it's January sixth or anything else, nothing ever happens in the public sight. Any of the real stuff that happens always happens behind closed doors. You know that. What's your take on a lot of this stuff? Because I don't think it influenced anybody either way. Oh, I know it didn't. I mean, all the polls suggested that they're kind of the opposite. Look, it's not serious, and we've known that from the jump. Um, it was the first time in history, history, that the minority party didn't get to choose who got to be on the committee. I, I, that's, I mean, I, and so I, I just and then literally, I mean, the idea that you're doing in prime time and they hired an ABC News executive. I mean, this literally is the definition of political theater. Um, and they're not. I mean, the thing that I've said from the beginning, Chad, is that like if you really want to know what happened on January 6th and prevent it, from ever happening again, then why aren't you calling the sergeant at arms, the chiefs of police, you know, capital chief of police, the Pentagon folks to find out when 
you know, um, requests for secured additional troops and security were made. But none of that has happened. And and so I, I you, you can only conclude that it's not really an attempt to be serious. Um, and, and I think the, the sort of the polling uh, reflects that because people aren't paying attention. They don't care. Um, and, and again, it's just so I, I've I sort of. My, my belief has always has been that, that if you're if you're serious about getting to understanding January 6th and the committee is not the place to look for answers. No, no. Well, r- rarely is government the place to look for answers because they're not interested in actual solving problems coming out because the problems, you know, the show the problems. That's where the money lies. That's the thing that frustrates me is the, the problems are always where the money lies. The, the difference between private and public is private business wants to find solutions public they look at it a lot of times these politicians is uh, finding a solution would take away the the golden goose right well th- that's that's the issue but the other thing is i mean let's face it the bottom line is um you know th- there was no reaction when we had riots through you know c- streets um in cities across america there was destruction of personal property public defacing and vandalism and and no one and, and you know so Again, there's a lack of, of seriousness uh, by both the left and the media, which in, in many cases are the same. So here you are. You're getting ready to do this. Who's, who's going to be on the show? So you're going you're to talk about it Monday. You're going to lay everything out. This is why this matters this week. These are the big things to watch. But then Thursday, you're going to sit down. Are we going to have a myriad of guests from celebrities to, to athletes to uh, uh, the likes of, of you know politicians on both sides of the aisle? Yeah. That's exactly it. I mean, you just, it's, it's, there are people that I've had the opportunity to meet kind of like I was saying, I mean, I'm not having the president of Guatemala on cause I just, I don't think he'll do it. Uh, but, but as I've met people in my life that I've worked with that I've just, you know, and I hear about their story, I've sort of been keeping a list and I said, you know, so we started to reach out to this, but exactly you've got musicians, athletes, uh, politicians who, I just think that how they came to be, again, there's people that you meet. And part of the reason I called it Beyond the Briefing is as I was, after I left the White House, we were doing speeches and doing events. People would say, wow, I only knew you from the briefing. Like, I, I didn't realize, you know, this is who you are. And this is, and, and there was so much more. And I thought, okay, yeah, beyond, uh, there's a lot more to me beyond the briefing. You just knew me from, you know, 40 minutes of yelling at reporters. Do you think that, and I, and I think this today, and I look around, I'm like, man. People nowadays are so caught up in politics that whether you're on the right or the left, uh, especially the extremes, is everybody identifies as that. It's like you said, there's more to you than this. Like for me, I'm, you know, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I've got all this other stuff in my life. This is what I do, but it's not who I am. Where I think nowadays in politics, your identity is your political party. And that's that's not good because that makes everything personal and you can't ever get things done when you start making things personal oh 100 percent. yeah i mean well and that's the thing but again there's there's so many things when you have a conversation with somebody where you realize that there's something maybe it's you know you went to the same school maybe that you both have a hobby that you share but there's so many things sometimes that connect us and um so anyway I, that's why i i, I was just like I, I really want to start doing this because and, and we were prepping for the first episode and going through this our first guest um 
information. And I was just like, we have way too much. I was just so fascinated by so many things this individual has done and how they succeeded at different things. And it's like, you find yourself and like little connections where I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't realize that he had done that and this and this. So um, anyway, those are the kind of fascinating things that I think we'll get to. I'd be remiss not to ask you a couple of questions about him. Uh, the elephant always in the room. Is he going to be on the show, Trump? We'll see. You know, I never say never. And of course, obviously, there's a, a lot of those kind of questions that are great for him. Absolutely. Uh, do you think he runs in 2024? Or do you think he wants 100%. to be a kingmaker oh, yeah. in the Republican Party? No, no, no. He's, he's running. He's running. There you go. My man. Oh, there you uh, go. Beyond yeah. the briefing. Uh, so when does it drop? When's it officially drop? And do we have any hint on who's the first person? Uh, the first person is is a musician. Well, it's a lot of things actually, um, and uh, it drops. It'll drop next, not this week. Uh, it'll drop next uh, next Thursday is when that first episode will come out. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to so be awesome. Now, yeah, and like I said, I'm excited just doing the prep. I was like, this is fun. Yeah, you get to learn about people, and you're like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" And you're not, like you say, you're not, you're not stuck to five minutes, ten minutes, six right. minutes, just one topic, and uh, throw out some crazy stuff. No, uh, beyond the briefing, Sean Spicer, former White House press secretary, dancing with the stars, uh, and of course, uh, many other things. Get him over there at Newsmax. So, well, appreciate you coming on. Not this you Monday, but the following Monday, it drops. So, uh, if you have a chance, go grab it. Sean, thanks so much for your time, man. I know you're busy. All right, take care, man. I'll see you soon. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet us, Chad Benson Show. Irreverence? Um, like, yeah. So what? It's the Chad Benson Show. Uh, producer Phil, remind the world what nature can do to you. Nature will mess you up. Mess you up. Now, every once in a while, people decide, hey, let's play with nature. And then they do. And then, well, it messes you up. We see it every year, those chaotic scenes of people running frantically through the narrow streets of Pamplona, Spain, risking being gored or trampled by charging bulls. As some have learned the hard way, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Among those injured, two Americans and a Spaniard. Others were more lucky, including these runners from the States who hit the cobbled streets. Definitely a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I don't think I'll ever do it again, but I'm glad I did it. It was fun. It was, it was crazy, yeah. I didn't realize there'd be so many people running at the same time, so it was exciting. The festival runs for nine days. Yep, 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 yep. People are stupid, and they do, st uh, they do stuff. And sometimes people die. And again, stupid people, as, as Phil says the whole time. Yeah, he plays stupid game, he wins a stupid prize. Three men reportedly dying from injuries inflicted during bull running events in Spain. According to the BBC, they had all taken part in the Valencia region's festival when bulls charged through the streets with people running in front of them. A 56-year-old man was tossed in the air by the bull, suffering a traumatic brain injury. A 50-year-old man's lung was pierced by a bull. The third man was identified as a 64-year-old French tourist. Now, if you're just sitting there on vacation and a bull comes and gets you, that's tragic, right? That is. It escapes from its little run, and it gets you. Tragic. You weren't participating. You weren't in the run. If you, What am I supposed to say? If you went and participated in this, 
and then you were killed. Like, do, if you're there and you're like, oh, did you guys hear that uh, John got killed? You're like, what? Oh, my God. What happened? It was a tragedy. Oh, what happened? He was running the bulls, and he got stabbed through the chest, and it pierced his lungs, and he's died. I don't know if that's a tragedy. I'm just trying to, just, you know, trying to figure it out. And I know people have bucket lists, right? All of us, you know, we're going to from an airplane or, you know. People, they, we were talking about this the other day uh, on my local show, uh, like bucket list things. And and somebody said to me, I said, look, I would I would like to, 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 to go into nature, swim with great white sharks, uh, you know, but clear water. Uh, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing murky. I don't do murky, guys. I'm doing clear. <laughs> you know, because I find it fascinating. If I had to do one of these things, like I'd rather do that than, than parachute or something like that. But uh, I also understand the risk. And I would look at everybody and go, look, if, if this thing eats me or something happens or the cage breaks, whatever it is, and don't tell everybody it was tragic. No, it was he did something that was risky and stupid, and he paid the price for it. So you would have free mention of that. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Listen to the show. Grab the podcast. Uh, enjoy uh, Mike Lyon. I mean, we got Sean Spicer. We got all kinds of stuff going on today, guys. Hey, we, we're keeping you a chocker block full of fun and frivolity. It's the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Woo! Still alive. Checked it out. Make sure he's still alive. You guys heard yesterday the uh, the news. The news about uh, you know Biden. Hey folks, guess you heard this morning I tested positive for COVID, but I've been double vaccinated, double boosted. Symptoms are mild, and uh, and I really appreciate your inquiries and your concerns. But I'm doing well. I'm getting a lot of work done. I'm going to continue to get it done. And uh, and in the meantime, thanks for your concern and keep the faith. It's going to be okay. Keep the faith, guys. You know what would have been better if you would have said, hey, and just remember, everybody, hang loose. <laughs> we don't use that enough. That's going to be my new thing now. My new thing. I was trying to think about my TikTok thing the other day. Remember, I was just going to get it. Just start wearing a toupee, just walking around, just... The worst toupee you can find is like, looks natural, right? <laughs> now the thing is, at the end of every conversation, I'm like, hey, hang loose. <laughs> hey, keep the faith, guys. That's what he said there. So he's got it, and the prognosis is, uh, he's old. It's the prognosis. You got to worry. I mean, look, all jokes aside, she's awful, so we got to keep him alive. Second thing is... Uh, you're not stopping this thing. Look how many you know shots you take, because you got to think about everybody who comes in contact with the president. 
has been vetted when it comes to this, right? So you know his staff has been tested. They said he might have caught it in Israel. You know that everybody in and around him, if they're flying on the plane, when they're landing, who they're going to meet, all of them have been tested. Couldn't stop it. Could not stop it getting through. But he is going to survive. Uh, He's on all kinds of stuff, uh, you know, that you can get him. I actually think a broad swath of Americans who are getting infected should be getting Paxlovid. Uh, The president, of course, no exception. Uh, So I don't think it's the mildness of the symptoms that should matter. Yeah. Except for, didn't Fauci get, he took Paxlovid? And then like two weeks later, got COVID again? Like, what is that? Well, he got a different kind of COVID. It was like COVID A, COVID B. He got COVID A, B, 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 A, B, A, B, C, C, B, A, B, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, I, B. I don't know. He's going to survive. That's what we do now, uh, which is good. I mean, we we get it. You're old. <laughs> there is a worry, though, right? Because you can't. Ha- you, you We can't. We just can't. So I'm here to ask you to do what you know how to do. Because when you do what you do. You tell them. What you know how to do. That's it. On all of these issues. She's picking up steam. American people win. She just, she's getting started, guys. I'm telling you guys. You, you guys are just starting to hear the dulcet tones of a person who gets it. Right? Like, she, she gets it. She does. And she gets it not just now. She gets it, like, every day. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Yeah, it is time for us to be doing all of those things. You can't just, you know, what? the other day, here's a perfect example. Here's something very presidential. She got the opportunity to talk about assault rifles, right, guns. She's out there. This could be the president. She's a heartbeat away. I mean, we've always known over the last couple of, of uh, you know, months that, look, he's He's the cognitive decline is becoming great, and that's not a good thing. I do not want to see my president embarrassed. I do not want to see any of those things. And I look at that and I think to myself, who is allowing this stuff to continue to happen? Somebody's got to be uh, the adult in the White House, uh, and they're mentioning and the and it was you knew it was going to come after midterms, right? The voices were going to get louder. He's too old to run again, and. I don't know if he makes it through this term. And she is a disaster. You know, an assault weapon, like many things, there's a design. There's a purposeful design. Well, for the assault weapon, the design is to kill a lot of human beings quickly. There is no reason for weapons of war on the streets of america yeah i am here standing here on the northern flank on the eastern flank talking about what we have in terms of the eastern flank and our nato allies and what is at stake at this very moment what is at stake this very moment are some of the guiding principles around the NATO alliance, and in particular, the issue and the importance of defending 
sovereignty and territorial integrity, in this case of Ukraine. Yeah. That, that could be our president. That's how close that is. It's just scary. I mean, we don't, you don't really think about it, right? Because, like, you know, Dan Quayle, would we have been good in hands? I mean, we'd have got through, right? I, I, I'm no doubt about that, right? But, uh, you know, Biden several years ago, I think it would have been okay. Yeah, definitely. Mike Pence, been fine. Al Gore, mm, but, you know. Cheney, Ken. Don't, don't confuse... Don't confuse incompetence and 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 idiocracy, if you will, with with maybe being a little bit evil and conniving, or a lot of bit evil and conniving. Her? No. So, man, could you imagine? Because he's not running. There's no way he can run again. There's just no way he run. He can come out and say it all he wants. This just can't happen. And I mean that because I actually think this guy gave a lot to his country. He did. He has been a politician for, you know, since, you know, since they signed the Declaration of Independence. I mean, he's been a politician for a half a century, which is scary. I don't think he's a bad guy. But I look at this and I think to myself, guys, come on. Really, come on. This is this. No, no. The day before, he's got cancer, but he doesn't got cancer. Think about that. He said he had cancer, and this is where we are. Then nobody's rushed out and said anything because everybody's like, ah, everybody knows he's crazy. Everybody knows he's, he's slipping. We have a potential of a world war through Europe that could spread. We have China not just making eyes at Taiwan and the South Chinese Sea and wanting to control all of that, but actively maneuvering in ways to do things. We have Iran close to getting a nuclear weapon. We have rising inflation. We have a big issue at the border that's becoming bigger every day. I just don't know if he's capable of handling it. And that's not being mean. That's just being honest. All kidding aside, I do not want to see him embarrassed. And if you want to see him embarrassed and fail, you're a crappy-ass American. You are. And if you're the Democrats right now and you're being honest with yourself, you're looking around and you're saying, all right, we've got Gavin Newsom. But he looks the part, but they almost recalled him in California. The fact that he even got on the ballot was, whoa. And it was much closer than I thought it was, even though he won you know, pretty handily. But the reality is, is nobody wants that progressivism in 70% of the country. Yeah, but the place where all the people live. No, no, nobody wants that. 
Even a lot of people who are Democrats aren't into the insanity of which California pushes. So, and then are you going to be the one to tell Kamala? Hey, so... Do you remember remember when you remember when you said this? It is time for us to do what we have been doing and that time is every day. Yeah, I did. That was right. And remember when you said this? So I'm here to ask you to do what you know how to do because when you do what you do, what you know how to do on all of these issues, the American people win. Yeah, you can't be president. <laughs> So we're going to bring somebody else in. You think Nancy would make a play for it, Pelosi, if something was to happen? She think she'd try to elevate herself to that position? But if you have her as the president, because I don't know if he's going to make it through, and I don't think it's fair that we're watching this guy have a, a, a true issues of cognitive decline, and depending on the time of the day, and that doesn't get better. I watched my grandmother, my grandfather go through this. It doesn't get better. But you're going to have to tell, hey, okay, she's president, so she's president. And they bring in the vice president. What does that look like in two years, especially if we're still muddling along? Maybe she turns it around. Maybe she's the greatest. Maybe the whole thing was a farce. Or maybe it gets ugly. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. All right, guys. A lot of good stuff coming up. Let's take a deep breath. I want you to relax a little bit. Because we're going to talk a little economy. And the difference between economist and business people. You guys understand that? Economist, business people. Let's go over this again. Somebody's an economist. They're thinkers. right? They're studying. Business people, separate people. Talk about that straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. If you like talk radio like Chad Benson likes his meals... You've come to the perfect place for takeout. Speaking of the economy, I'm looking, and we'll talk more about it a little bit later, but uh, Charles Barkley is playing the Pro-Am this, uh, this weekend or next weekend in Bedminster for the Live Tour. And, of course, it's TNT. Everybody loves Charles Barkley, and Charles is an avid golfer, loves golf. We know that. He's horrible at it. They're trying to get him to come over and be one of the announcers on the Live Tour which is the Saudi Arabian-backed tour. And he said, look, I don't need the money, but I need the money they're throwing around. Because <laughs> apparently they're offering some big money. Everybody has got a price. And in this economy, you got to take the opportunity when it comes. Speaking of the economy, Paul Krugman, very esteemed individual, very, very, very esteemed individual, uh, is an economist, an award winner. We are joined by Nobel Prize winning economist Paul Krugman. He's an opinion columnist for the New York Times on inflation. Paul says he was wrong about the issue. What did you think you got wrong? Well, um, 
Partly it's that there's stuff that nobody saw coming. Nobody saw right. uh, Putin invading Ukraine. Uh, I think nobody really thought about logistics, supply chains, or any of that stuff until suddenly they became a big problem. But part of it is that we did, in fact, end up with what is clearly an overheated economy. Okay, let's all look around uh, and talk. How many of us saw Ukraine being invaded? Anyone? Anyone? Uh, Everybody talked about it. We warned him for months and months. You don't put 160,000 people on the border, talk the talk that he was talking, and not expecting something to happen. Supply chains. We're a hot mess. Remember, economists do this. Economists, they're trying to forecast. They're looking at numbers and they're writing reports about things that have already happened and then trying to forecast in the future. And they're economists. Business people who've talked about this for a while. People who've also looked in the past and goes, you know, every time we print a whole crap ton of money, this rarely ends up well. Yeah. Where does inflation start? D.C. Why? Because they can print money. So you should have seen it coming. You've got a Nobel Peace Prize for this stuff. You know, I thought it was possible that we'd overheat. I didn't think, given the historical relationship, that it would lead to this much inflation. The big question is not, you know, did we overshoot, did we overheat, but um, how bad is that? Is it going to be a really a, a difficult problem getting inflation back down again? And that really comes down to the question of whether high inflation has gotten entrenched in people's expectations. Is it like the... the uh, the end of the 1970s when everybody expected 10% inflation as far as the eye could see. I don't think it's entrenched. It isn't because we've been used to it. I mean, if, you know, I am, I remember the seventies, uh, you know, uh, cause I was there, but uh, I was little through the first half of it and still little through the second half. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I remember the seventies and, and, and you look around and you say to yourself, so many of those people lived with that. There was an expectation they'd kind of given up. There was a lot. There was a. There was a, a, a. Almost a resignation, and a dark cloud over the United States. And then Reagan came in, and and you know he struggled the first year or so, and then they kicked it into gear. But they had to go a little tough love on it. But then we had forty years of really no inflation. None. You should have seen this coming especially the amounts of money that we produced. We printed so much. And the fact that you didn't see this coming when the average person, remember, you're an economist, but average business owner understands what was going on, understands what was taking place, saw these things coming, large businesses, huge corporations. They were talking about this for quite a while. Quite a while. Still swinging a miss, bad about it. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter tweet. Text the program. Love hearing from all of you. Head over to the social medias, to the social media stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, because that's what we do there, right? You know, social media stuff. Just be nice-ish. That's all I ask. Chad Benson Show.
Brad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Turn over some land to the Russians. Do you envision that ever happening? Every Ukrainian will disagree with this proposal. You know, I give a very simple example. Imagine there is a thief or a criminal who goes into your house, that starts destroying it, killing your relatives, terrorizes your family, you live in constant state of fear, and then someone comes up with a proposal and says, oh, just give this man a living room and move to a bedroom. You have lots of space. Just live with the thief peacefully in your house. You understand that that is not a way out because the criminal will continue terrorizing you will continue killing your family so uh, we believe that we should never agree to that there may be other ways out but certainly not this one that right there is the uh, first lady of ukraine uh mrs Zelensky. there uh came to america talk about what's going on uh to also be another voice to try to keep this thing on the front pages or at least in the first few pages of everybody's mind when it comes to news. Joining us now is our is our expert when it comes to all things, when it comes to war, uh, military stuff, Mike Lyons, retired uh, major in the Army. And, Mike, I tell you what, uh, yesterday I listened to somebody say, you know, their big fear is that this is getting pushed back and, and the West is getting bored with this. Uh, I, I feel like it, I said that was going to be my big fear in this, that he's going to outlast everybody, Mike, and everybody's going to be on to something else. Yeah, I, there's a lot of uh, truth to that. I think, I think Chad, you've got uh, the Europeans now starting to get weak in the knees. They're projecting uh, Christmas and December and the, the holidays and the fact that they might not have any heat uh, there uh, in, in Western Europe. And I think they're really concerned about that i you know germany started talking a great game but um you know what with the, the issue right now in europe is that all these separate countries like france and germany and once you know hegemonic powers once the you know the world's great powers or so they they no longer really have a foreign policy anymore towards this because they can't separate it they can't bifurcate it. it's really all of europe or nothing so it's got to be europe's foreign policy and because of that um the the you know countries act in their own best interest and the germans made a bad deal under angela merkel and trump called them out on it by you know basically outsourcing their energy to russia and again, they talked tough a few months ago, but now they're looking at everything and saying, you know what, uh, it's going to get cold this winter if we don't have that Russian gas and, and oil. And so I think they're starting to get weak. And I, and I believe that you're going to see this trickle down effect right now. They're, the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, Russia has already started putting things in it. If, if the West starts buying again from Russia, here we go. We're funding that war machine that's taking place in Ukraine. And that's the scary thing because, you know, they're, they're playing, they're using what they have. I mean, let, look, uh, Russia is using what they have, and that weapon is, in many ways, the energy besides the actual weapons uh, and military might itself. And mm-hmm. they, they, they pulled it back a little bit, and then they, it's the stop-start. They're teasing them, and mm-hmm. they're politicians. Everybody, you got to do what's in the best interest of your country and country people because unfortunately we're short-sighted in a lot of things and that's not just Europe that's the world uh do you think they're going to hold out uh 
Or is this thing really going to start to come to a head come September when it gets a little bit cooler and mm-hmm. October when the rains start to set in and the cool weather is here? Well, all it'll mean is that Russia will be able to sustain the amount of military attacks on Ukraine. So it, it doesn't necessarily uh, impact anything else but that, which is why the race is on right now for Ukraine to get some of that Western aid and get it to the front. We saw you know, every time we turn around, we're seeing a trickle of more HEMARS, more of the high uh, mobility artillery that's supposed to get to the front. It's supposed to be making a difference. I, I you know, We're going to need hundreds of those weapon systems there and right now we're in the tens still so i i I, that's not again that's not changing in in 60 days so it's really you know i saw saw a good article that really talked about all the for all the weapon systems that are being deployed uh in in theater right now or in this regional conflict really russia is betting on the, the the classic ancient weapon of time and making sure that if they could just outlast their enemy here, it won't won't matter. They they still can out pound away Ukraine on on the, on the Donbass in that region there, uh, virtually safe in their own homeland uh, themselves. And uh, if they if they kind of stick it out, they feel that uh, they're they're going to put more pressure on it. We saw we saw an agreement to let grain now flow into the Black Sea and then you know to get uh, released from ports there. I think that's important. I can't get over the Turks and the fact that they're such playmakers here and, and and they're really dictating a lot of things. The fact that we had a NATO leader meet with Vladimir Putin the other day is just mind boggling to me. Uh, you know, if this was, again, World War Three or World War Two, whatever, it'd be, it'd be equivalent of meeting with our arch enemy. So but, but Turkey remains a power broker here and the United States still fundamentally on the sidelines. Uh, talking to uh, Mike Lyons, uh, who's our military analyst, has been been on this since day one, and we can't let it go. It is the, realistically, it's the most important story in the world because of the potential of what could come from this. Uh, Mike, you talked about that. Turkey's playing this game. It's one thing. Look, if they want to meet with somebody from NATO and they're going to lay down some conditions or else kind of things, that's one thing. Erdogan plays this game and, you know, wasn't going to let Finland and Sweden in and then all of a sudden did. But then he's going to go and meet with, you know, with play footsie with his buddy, uh, the Pooter, who then goes on to Iran. That's just Mm -hmm. the weirdest thing. And what is NATO even thinking at this point? Like, why are they here again? Right. And and here's the Turks who have purchased uh, Russian weapon systems in the past, air defense platforms, those SA-400s. It is like without any recourse, without any real accountability. And and again, we had Donald Trump tried to fix this. He, he just he's the wrong messenger, wrong wrong kind of person. Didn't bring a lot of diplomacy. But but from a real politique, from a from the realistic situation, calls out the Germans on their energy, calls out the Turks on what they were doing here. Tries to get these NATO countries to spend two uh, percent of their GDP. They've talked a big game about it. Um, the only ones that want to do that are the ones. The only countries are the ones that are close to Russia. Of course they do because they want to be all in like but you know we talked about estonia and the baltics and those regions there guarantee finland and guarantee sweden will be all in on that as well it's those you know those european old line countries that um it's it's almost like europe's going to die here if it doesn't kind of get with the program and and germany has got to be more focused on the survival of europe um that potentially you know russia could you know over the next let's say 10 or 15 years could swallow them up just based on energy based on their incapable uh incapableness of, of not being able to generate enough energy to 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 take care of their own people and being reliant on a dictator and somebody that could you know take over them anytime they want okay so what do we have to do what's the things that could shift this battle 
and keep them at bay uh, time-wise. I mean, I read yesterday a couple articles that were really close to giving them planes and expediting the training for this. I mean, what is the one or two things that we can realistically get in their hands that they can use, right? That's you know, Like you'd say, the point and shoot. It's one thing to hand them some. If they have no idea what to do with it, it's, it's useless. Well, I, a couple of things. First of all, I think we have to be careful now of we're starting to get into our supplies of our capability of waging war. And while we're not weak on the, the, the manpower side, let's say, um, we're going to have to mobilize our industrial base to get this to get things going, to, to rejuvenate supplies and and to make sure that 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 uh, we have capabilities to do things that we want to do ourselves. I think that's that's number one. The administration actually just denied um, Ukraine long-range drones. So those are those ones that can go further, stay on station 12 to 15 hours that have tremendous capability. They, they're they not sending them over there. There's concern right now of accountability, of weapon systems that we've sent over there and the billions of dollars and where it's going to. You're starting to see trickles within the media about how corrupt Ukraine is and, and how this you know whole, whole thing started from that way before. So there's a lot of people kind of threading the needle as to that. But for what we can do, frankly, the, the lesson here is a wake up call for us about our own energy, about our own self-sufficiency. We've got our own problems here with inflation. We've got our own problems here um, with our southern border. I, I, you know, the wake up call for us is that is to harden ourselves and make sure that uh, we can be you know sustainable. Because, again, o- over time, Russia, with the support of the Chinese and the Indians and the other three point five billion people and, and uh, the Brazilians, these other groups that are all aligned, the Iranians, they get the nuclear weapon here now. What's going to happen? What's Israel going to do? You know, there's still a formidable foe on the other side that um, that at the end of the day, America's got to take care of its, itself. It's got to take care of number one. And, and I just again, I, this administration doesn't seem interested. They're more interested in restoring the liberal order. That is gone. That is gone. Everybody wants to go back to February 23rd, 2022. Gone. Goodbye. Good luck. It's not the case. The world is different right now. And we need to wake up to it. And it's, it likely is going to take a new administration and not this one. Talking to my clients, military analyst, who's uh, just, he, you got it going on. You understand stuff. You talked about Iran. I, I think we need to talk more about it. They're close to enriching. What do they say? They got about 60, 60% as far as enrichment, and the breakout could come mm-hmm. at any time, but they're not sure if they're going to build a bomb. They're building a bomb. I mean, regardless sure. of what paper was signed, you know, several years ago through Obama, they're, they were always right. going to build. Even Chuck Schumer said, this is the worst deal ever. We just told yeah. them, hey, build a bomb, but do it on your time frame. Yeah, all Obama did was kick the can down the road. He wants to take credit for, you know, that deal and blame the Trump administration for undoing it. And I get it. I get Obama's uh, of the generation of my generation that recognizes Iran, likely the greatest foreign policy in the second half of the 20th century uh, with Vietnam, with Cuba, likely. But but Iran, number one, because of the failure of 1979, the failure for us to watch how that situation went by, the, the, th- the overthrow of the Shah of Iran, the implementation of that government there. We, we've been paying the price ever since. For the last 40 years, we've been paying the price for our failure to predict what was going on in, in Iran. Um, but when they're, they're going to have it, the question is, how do they deliver it, right? You can have a nuke. The question is how you deliver the nuke. And, um, you know, the Israelis are not going to put up with it and they're not going to ask permission. They're not going to, you know, ask Mother Mayor. They're not going to go to the United Nations. They're not going to show photographs to anybody. They're just going to do it. What they did in 81 in Osirik to the Iranians, to the, I'm sorry, to the Iraqis, uh, what they've done to the Syrians. And if you get capability of creating nuclear uh, weapons around Israel, you're going down. And um, I'm sure they're planning for the same thing as well. Uh, they look at it as ex- an existential threat. And I think that, uh, you know, they're not going to put up with it. What would a nuclear 
Iran look like to the Middle East? I, and I think everybody needs to understand, just not hearing from me, somebody who understands the unsettled, because we have to start making choices at that point, man. Do we just start arming all these people so that everybody's terrified right. of each other so they won't doing something? Right. Because, right. Th- and people don't realize the disdain that Israel has for them, but Iran and Saudi Arabia hate each other. Right. So they've recognized that in Russia has reinforced that if you have a nuclear weapon, you're safe. You can do really whatever, anything you want. This is why the North Koreans will never give up their nuclear weapons. Now, they really only can threaten the theater. They can threaten South Korea and they can threaten uh, maybe Japan, maybe some areas. Again, they still have delivery problems. Intercontinental ballistic missiles need satellites and need a bunch of other different types of equipment that the North Koreans really don't have the capability. But they have, if they had to, they could put it in a Toyota pickup truck and push it across the border and and explode and and, and have a, a really bad day for, for Seoul, South Korea there. But what it would mean in the Middle East is an arms race. Um, the Saudis wouldn't put up with it. They're not going to have the Iranians not having it. And the Saudis can write the check to do anything they want to do, right? Look what they're doing to golf right now, right? To take, take that what they're doing at golf and magnify it by 10 for their own uh, security, they would get a nuclear weapon. You would see uh, other countries there potentially have it. We know Pakistan has tactical nukes. Uh, we know India has nukes. The, it would be an arms race of tremendous proportions, of which then who knows if mutual assured destruction, who knows if that deterrence would 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 factor anymore because you you already see Russia saying, well, I think we could win a nuclear war. I think I think we have a shot at it if you know if we wanted to give it a, give it a try. So uh, it, it would it would change the complexity. The, the, in the old school was. The, the amount of nuclear countries having nuclear capability was going to be small. Keep it small. U.S. was going to lead that force. But the genie's out of the bottle, and it's going to get more out of the bottle if um, if the Iranians get uh, a nuclear weapon. Mike Lyons, love having you on, my man. Appreciate you making time for us today, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. And you know, it's funny he's talking about Saudi Arabia. We're going to talk about the golf tour here because it's getting weirder and uglier. And the PGA doesn't like people in their house. And here's a perfect example of how, hey, I don't like you in my house. I don't like you coming around here. I don't like your business opening up next door to mine. Well, then I better go get uh, the government involved. Yeah, we'll talk about that. 323-538-2423. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F Greens dot com slash Chad. Go there. Get a free bag of Rough Greens. Man seeing doodle last night. Tell my wife he won't leave me alone. He's running around in circles like he's a puppy. He's bouncing around. I don't know what he's doing. It was crazy fun to watch. And I love the fact that he is older and happier than he's ever been. All because the supplement I give him from Rough Greens. Right? Vitasmart, just just amazing. Just sprinkling on top of his food. And away it goes. That's all I did. Nothing different. Didn't change his food. Didn't do anything. Just sprinkle this. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. They love the taste, but the win is how they feel. Started my puppies on it, and Doodle, well, he's living proof, literally living proof that it works. Get your Rough Greens for free. It's a bag for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. RUFFgreens.com slash chat. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Go there now. Get a bag for free. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Chad Benson Show. not a terrorist. I am not Antifa. I am not a sex slave that wears masks. <gasps> Don't be a cutie pie. Probably sit around and 
cook some soups and eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. You're ruining my life, bud! Yeah, you haven't eaten anything yet. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Here we go. Expectations are high for Nope. Writer-director Jordan Peele's latest opening Friday. Pundits are forecasting a 45 to $55 million debut for the sci-fi slash horror flick. They know where we are. That's less than the $71 million bow of 2019's Us, but more than Peele's Oscar-winning Get Out in 2017. Both of those films ultimately earned around $175 million domestically. Based on reviews so far, look for Nope to likely open at the high end of forecasts. Yeah. Uh, we are probably going to go see it. Uh, take the kids to see it this weekend. It looks like something they really, they're like, oh, wow, it's going to be a big weekend plan to fun. I'm going to watch a little golf, too, because uh, I like myself some golf. And we're just talking about golf with uh, my clients, a military guy, I mean, talking about Saudi Arabia. If they needed to get a nuclear bomb, they got the check to do it. And they're doing the same thing to golf. So apparently the PGA Tour, who have lobbyists, spent hundred ninety grand. Trying to uh, basically talk to, you know, their lawyers talking to people inside of Congress and whatnot. Hey, uh, this other tour is going to be playing here. We don't think they should be playing here because they're Saudi Arabia and they're evil and bad. Uh, and yeah, yeah, maybe true. But they're offering a ton of money. And uh, it's a tour that's, you know, they're sanctioning and running. It's not like they, you know, they're going around, you know. Doing horrible things on the golf tour. Well, there's, you know, but still, somebody's in your house. Totally understandable, right? They're selling widgets next to your widget store. And you were the only widget store in town. And uh, the money's huge. You know, yesterday, the, the Ryder Cup captain, the guy that was heading up the team in, in, in Europe, he, uh, he left. He left and joined Live Golf. And everybody's upset with him. Well, he had money problems. He, he, his, the guy he entrusted his money to got into a Ponzi scheme. He lost all of his money. Uh, they're like, well, he could have made $4 million being the Ryder Cup captain. They offered him $40 million euros up front. $40 million. That's life-changing, especially if you had all of your money essentially stolen from you. Yeah, that is life-changing. And I, I hear Charles Barkley's going to join, too. I don't think he's going to play. He's going to be a commentator. They're coming hard, and sometimes the money's big. And there's a chance that Charles won't be doing basketball, especially if the money's that big. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.